We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Thursday, January the 7th, 2020. On today's show, wow, holy moly, what a start to SEC play for Frank Martin, the boys. I'll break down the Gamecocks 78-54 to win over the Texas A&M Aggies. What a start. What a game. Gamecocks with a huge home win. What a way to get SEC play rolling again. I'll break down the game in its entirety, what it means for South Carolina. Now, moving into the weekend, can the Gamecocks build on that win? But again, what a way to get it going, led by A.J. Lawson's 30 points. I'll talk about that game. Also, coaching rumors are continuing to swirl. What's up with Mike Bobo, Derek Mason, Shane Beamer flying to Starkville. Do we really know what's going on with these coaching rumors? I'll talk about that also. Listener questions, voicemails, of course. We have a fantastic interview, fantastic conversation as well. Former Gamecocks defensive back Arturo Freeman joins the show, played in the 90s, played under Brad Scott, Lou Holtz. Really interesting career and a great dude as well. Great Gamecock. I sit down with Arturo to talk about his career in its entirety, guys. We got a great show. Sit back, relax, enjoy. It's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company. They are a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. Their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone in the crew is just to invest in the success of the project as you are, guys. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni, guys, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether you're in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out my friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group. Of course, if you have any questions, want to find out more about them, check them out at their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That is upstatemoversgroup.com. The show is also brought to you by our friends over at MyBookie, guys. 2021 is finally here. With that being said, MyBookie 
They've been in a giving mood, a $250 risk-free bet on Thanksgiving, boosted odds and free bets every hour Black Friday, and they continue to give away more freebies for Cyber Monday. Guys, for a sports book that's supposed to be in the business of making money, they were giving it away. That's just one of the reasons why I've been rolling with my bookie this season. Guys, the fact is this. If you're going to put some action on the games, whether you're betting NFL, NCAA, college basketball, college football, whatever it may be, you want to do it with a reputable brand like my bookie. Guys, you can make your deposit using the promo code GAMECOX. That's promo code GAMECOX, and they'll match you halfway to give you a head start on building your bankroll. Put in $200, get an extra $100 to play with. Joining a deposit is a simple process, and it's quick. But more importantly, when it's time to get paid, that's quick to treat yourself to make your cash in your pocket this holiday season by investing in your intuition, guys. It's not just winter season, it's winning season. So bet, win, and get paid with my bookie. Let's get it. Happy Thursday. I'm Chris Phillips, host of the Spurs Up Show. As always, appreciate you guys tuning in. Boy, we got a packed show. We're burning the midnight oil here on this episode. I'm sitting here right now. It is Wednesday night, 11.43 p.m. Eastern time. That's because we're recording this show, of course, after the Gamecocks basketball game. And what a game it was. Man, we got a lot to get into. What a great show. I'm fired up. I'm excited, guys. Appreciate you all tuning in. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Hope you're having a fantastic Thursday. Whether you're on the commute, you're coming home, you're in the office, you're on the job, whatever it may be, whatever you're doing. Again, I appreciate you guys taking your time to tune in, listen to this show. Also, I do want to say, by the way, before we get going, uh, obviously we're doing the Daily Crow, the pregame, the postgame, stuff like that, just like I did for football. And I kind of wonder, you know, with basketball, what would it be like? You know, it's obviously not football. It doesn't have quite the same hype, although I know Gamecock fans – they do love their basketball. They love their boys in the hardwood and women on the hardwood, by the way. But I wonder what it'd be like. But you guys, again, continue to make it a huge success. So thank you so much. Had a ton of people tune in. And again, what a start to SEC play it was for South Carolina. Again, we got a packed show, talking game. We got a great interview as well, talking football, everything. But let's go ahead and dive right into it. Gamecocks getting a 24 point win over Texas Stadium. Before we really even die to the game, too, I want to get one thing straight. Yes, I picked Texas A&M to win the basketball game. Now, did I think the Gamecocks could win the game? I certainly did, of course. But the thing that's tickled me the most and has me giddy right now, and, and I love it. So you'd think it was the contrary. A lot of you would think it's the contrary, and I don't know if some of you think maybe you're getting under my skin or maybe you're just joking with me. I think that's what probably most of you are doing. But I picked AM to win the basketball game, and I could not be happier to be wrong than I am right now. And I love the comments from you guys, by the way. Keep them coming. The comments from you guys jabbing at me about how bad of a pick it was. Because I had AM winning the game, by the way. If you did not listen to yesterday's show or you somehow missed the graphic, 
I had A&M winning 66 to 63. I thought with the question marks with South Carolina having a month off, you didn't have continuity. You didn't have any consistency. You know, you didn't look that great against Florida A&M. What could you really expect? Yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought A&M was a pretty solid squad, right? Which I still think they are, by the way. But I thought A&M would come in and get the W. Boy, was I wrong? I don't know if, if, if Frank Martin's boys read my prediction and it got them pissed off. Or, or maybe I just, hey, you know what? Here's the thing. The verdict, Vegas knows what the hell they're talking about because the Gamecocks were a four-point favorite and they won the game by 24 points. What a win. What a win. I mean, what? where do you even begin here? I, it, could you have scripted a better start for South Carolina in SEC play? I, mean, I, I really want to take a minute to really appreciate what Frank Martin and this Gamecocks basketball team did Wednesday night, last night, if you will. I, I want to take a moment to appreciate what they did. You're talking about a team that coming into this basketball game had played four total games. Three of said games were at the beginning of December. You had one game in the last month, and it was against Florida A&M. Now, granted, let me take you all the way back to preseason when I put out my preview show and talked about this basketball team. I, I really thought I really thought this was a tournament team. I mean, you look at the guys on the roster, Jermaine Kuznard, A.J. Lawson, Justin Manaya, Keyshawn Bryant, Seventh Woods, Wilders Levesque, Jalen McCreary, Trey Hannibal. The list goes on and on. Like, I think this is an NCAA tournament roster. And when I looked at it in the preseason, I said the same thing. But I really just thought, again, with the question marks and all, all, all the unknowns that were swirling around this team and you don't have any continuity and you haven't played really a legitimate opponent. I mean, Aiden came in this game 6-2. and two. One and one in conference play. They're not a slouch by any stretch. And South Carolina was a four-point favorite. And I wondered, I was like, how in the world are the Gamecocks favored in this one? Again, you could not have scripted a better start to SEC play than what we saw. And I saw a couple of fans, by the way, commenting. I would agree with you. I mean, this is one of the best Gamecocks basketball performances I, I can remember. I mean, really. I don't remember the last time South Carolina had a game like this where they just flat out dominated their opponent, and especially in SEC play. I mean, you take a look. Gamecocks shot 42% from the field, 33% from three, Hey, even hit 67% of their free throws. 10 of 15. Hey, that was a huge that was a huge problem last year as we all know. You know, but this was such a typical, you know, we 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 talked about it yesterday about the characteristics of this Gamecocks basketball team under Frank Martin. And that this team always seems to find a way to cut it on when SEC play gets here. I I, I really I don't know what it is. I I genuinely I cannot put my finger on it. I don't know what it is. I don't know why Frank Martin teams play so much better in conference. And again, this year, you don't really have a true measure of that because, you know, yeah, you lost to Liberty in the opening game. I mean, granted, it was the first game of the season. So I'm not going to say that like, oh, that's another example of bad non-conference losses. Like, it kind of is what it is. But you guys get what I'm saying. Like, normally the Gamecocks are sort of finding their way through the non-conference and then, you know, when SEC play hits, 
it's like a different team. The tenacity, the energy, the toughness, the, you know, South Carolina is always that team. Like you don't want to play them. You just, you do, you do not want to see them because you know, if it's a Frank Martin squad, they're going to play really tough physical defense. And like, even if you win the game, you're going to be like, man, that was a tough game. That was a hard fought game. We don't want to play them again. And that's what you saw from South Carolina. I mean, obviously, when you have a game, by the way, when you have a guy like A.J. Lawson, and, and and last night's game, that's the A.J. Lawson that we all know and love. That's the A.J. Lawson we expected to see game after game after game last season. And for whatever reason, it just never really clicked, never happened. He really never got – you know, he had some nice games here and there, but was never really able to really get it going like we thought he could. I mean, last night, that, that was peak A.J. Lawson. 10 of 22 from the floor, 3 of 9 from long range, but 7 of 8 free throws. I, I mean, 30 points. 30 points for A.J. When you have a guy like A.J. Lawson, when your best player has a game like that, you're going to win a lot of games. You're going to win a lot of basketball games. And then ho-hum Jermaine Kuznar with 15. Ho-hum Williams levesque with 10. Heck, Manai only had six. And you still won the game by 24. I thought the big performance that made the difference last night to me, guys, was Jalen McCreary. I, I was really, you know, and I and I know Emmanuel Miller definitely got his. I mean, I, like we said going in, he's going to get his. You know, he had 28 points. What a huge game. Um, But I was really impressed with the way South Carolina held its own um, underneath the basket. I mean, you out-rebounded Texas A&M 45-31. to 31. Wasn't even close. I think the return of Jalen McCreary cannot be understated. He led your team. Nine rebounds. 17 total rebounds between he and Justin Manaya. How about that? And then 23 total rebounds between McCreary, Manaya, and Levesque. I mean... But I thought the return of McCreary, I thought McCreary played a fantastic game. Only played 18 minutes and had nine rebounds in that time. Played great defense, too, down low. I thought that was a huge thing. Obviously, you were still missing TJ Moss, Keyshawn Bryant, which, honestly, it even goes more so to show, wow, what a win. You're still missing those guys. And you found a way to get the W. And not just found a way to get the W, you won that 24 points. But, I mean, just again, what a start for Frank Martin's squad. And, again, I, I picked this team in the preseason to go to the, go to the uh, NCAA tournament. I, I really thought this is the best team that Frank Martin has fielded since that 2017 Final Four team. And I think you saw last night why. I think you saw last night why people are high on this basketball team. When these guards get going, especially led by a guy like A.J. Lawson, and, and I have a feeling with this team, I have a feeling that, you know, I think A.J. will continue to play well, but I have a feeling it's going to be a different guy every night. Like, I think tonight A.J. Lawson goes off. I think Saturday, maybe it's Manaya. The next game, maybe it's Kusnard. The next game, maybe it's Trey Hannibal. Who knows? I have a feeling with this team, that's the type of team you kind of have. You know what I mean? Like, you, you have a team where it's not like we're going to say, okay, A.J., you got to score 30 every single game. Like, you have other really good players. Like, there's going to be a night, I promise you, where Jermaine Kuznard is hot. No doubt. No doubt. I think we all know that. I, th I think we all know what, what uh, Kuznar's capable of. No, no, no question. You know, no question. 
and you're going to feed the hot hand. And again, you should. And that's what happened last night. A.J. Lawson led the team in points. He took the most shots, took 22 shots, but he made 10 of them. So, you know, we talked about it as well. I, the other thing that really stood out to me, you know, you had the, you had the lead at half, 33-27, to 27, a six-point lead. Literally, three-pointers was the difference. You had two more made three-pointers than A&M. You were up by six. You outscored A&M 45-27 to 27 in the second half. I mean, I think at one point, they may, I think they may have finished the second half with like five or six buckets, maybe. I think maybe six buckets. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. And you look at, you know, we talked about going in this game, winning the perimeter. You know, I talked about Quentin Jackson being a big guy for Texas A&M. And again, he went three of seven from three point. He held his own, 13 points for him total. But the Gamecocks, you went 10 of 30. You shot 33%. You made 10 three-pointers. A&M went five of 25. Shot 20%. Huge difference in the game. Huge. And yes, this is going to be a Gamecocks basketball team. Again, whenever your guards are your strength, which, by the way, most of the best college basketball teams are, if you don't have good guard play, you're not going to win in college basketball, or really probably basketball in general, but definitely not college basketball. You know, when when guard play is your strength, you, you know, you're going to live and die by the three more often than not. But winning the perimeter was a huge key to this game for South Carolina. And, and you saw them, you know, I talked about that suffocating defense on the outside with a, a guy like Lawson, plays really good defense for Frank Martin. Justin Minot, all those guys, Kustar, they all play. You can't play for Frank Martin if you don't play defense. And, again, this was just the typical – Frank Martin, and I haven't seen Frank Martin's post-game comments. I'm recording this literally immediately after the game. But I'd imagine Frank Martin is pretty damn thrilled with the way his team played. Um, This was just like the typical Frank Martin team performance. It really was, you know? um, You know, suffocating defense in the second half. Absolutely suffocating defense. And you played solid defense in the first as well. Now, the game got off to a very sloppy start. No question. A very sloppy start. A lot of turnovers from both sides. And I, and I will say this, and this is taking nothing away from South Carolina, by the way. I was shocked how bad A&M was. Like, when you looked at their stats and you looked at their schedule and they'd already played two SEC games, again, they split them. I'm like, okay, A&M's a pretty damn solid ball club. Like, they're a pretty solid team. But, man, the way South Carolina just flat-out dismantled them, I I didn't see it coming. Again, and that's not taking anything away from Carolina, obviously. I'm just like, did anybody see it coming? Yeah, that's the joke I was making with people on social media, and people were ragging me for for my pick in the game, and I picked A&M to win. And I'm like, did you see this coming? Like, I don't think any of us saw – a 24-point win. Granted, I was like, hey, coming in the game, I was like, you know what? I'm picking AM to win, but would it shock me if the Gamecocks eked out a win? No, nah, it really wouldn't, but to win by 24? Holy smokes. Frank Martin's squad. I mean, literally a round of applause. Like, what in the world? 
None of us were expecting this. But again, I think you got a glimpse, though, of what excited and does excite me, you know, you guys, other fans about this basketball team. Like, there's legitimate talent on this team. A.J. Lawson is a legitimate next-level player. Jermaine Kustar, I think, will is most likely a legitimate next-level player. Manaya will get a shot at the next level. He'll be a next-level player. Like, I think the pair of Levesque and McCreary, very, very good down low. Very good. Seventh Woods didn't have his best game, but he's going to continue to come into his own. Trey Hannibal, I love Trey Hannibal. He, I think he's probably the reason that Frank Martin has lost all his hair at this point. Dude's got a ton of talent. Got to reel it in a bit. But there's, and again, you didn't even have Keyshawn Bryant. And you won by 24. So, I mean, I think we all see the potential there. And again, all the keys that I mentioned on yesterday's show, I thought South Carolina executed flawlessly. Again, Emmanuel Miller got his. But really, winning on the outside and winning on the perimeter is where South Carolina just flat out dominated this basketball game. I mean, listen, Emmanuel Miller, 28. Quentin Jackson got 13. Their next leading scorer had six points. It was a suffocating defensive performance by South Carolina. You forced 19 turnovers. Granted, you had 15 of your own. But you forced 19 turnovers. Seven steals and five blocks. I mean, that, that, is, that is Frank Martin basketball to a T. So now the question becomes, what does South Carolina do with this win? Can they build off of this win? Because, again, you go on the road this weekend. Of course, your first road game in conference play, only your second conference game. So it's your first road game in conference play. They'll go to Ole Miss. The Gamecocks have struggled in Oxford before. Tough place to play. A tough team they're going to play, by the way. But, again, you really just you really just couldn't have scripted a better start for SEC. I mean, you just really couldn't have. You could not have scripted a better start for conference play. And, again, I think we all got a glimpse of maybe, just maybe, what this team can be. And, and and this this type of performance is why people like myself and others pick this Gamecocks basketball team to be a tournament team. Just flat out. Um, so, really exciting stuff, man. A great win again. Gamecocks win 78-54, to 54, taking down the Texas A&M Aggies. Gamecocks now 1-0 in the conference, of course. A&M falls to 6-3, and 1-2 and two in conference. Carolina overall 3-2, and two, by the way. And the Gamecocks next game, Saturday, 6 o'clock tip against the Ole Miss Rebels in Oxford. Should be a really, really good and really fun one. Again, can South kind of build off of the win? Because, again, you beat Ole Miss on Saturday, and all of a sudden, you know, I, I really felt, by the way, coming in this game, uh, coming to the game last night, you know, people were – you know, kind of iffy about basketball season. Like, eh, what is this team? Like, there wasn't a whole lot of excitement, and for good reason. I mean, you haven't played in a month. You played one team was Florida A&M, and when you did play to start December, you didn't look all that great, and people were kind of lackadaisical as far as referring to basketball season. Now, all of a sudden, right? Now, all of a sudden, it's like, huh, Carolina basketball. You know, you beat Ole Miss, and it's going to be like, hmm, 
I might have started paying attention. Hey, those Tuesday tickets next week against Tennessee might be a little bit hard to come by. So, hey, kudos to Frank Martin. Kudos to that squad. What a win. I mean, seriously, what a win. What an incredible win. Those dudes deserve the pat on the back. Those dudes deserve a job well done. And again, now it's can you, you know, you got Uncle Mo in your corner. Can you take this momentum and build off it, get another win at, a, at, at Ole Miss, and all of a sudden, you know, you've got things really rolling because these games are super important because with no non-conference, basically, you know, the conference play, the conference record is even that much more important for getting into the tournament. So should be a lot of fun. All right, let's move in these coaching rumors, by the way. I, I want to touch on these really, really briefly. Coaching rumors continue to swirl. Man, did they, did they really swirl on Wednesday night? Um, it comes out from Football Scoop and a host of others. You know, Auburn's another team that's pursuing coaches, right? They, they need, And I told you guys about this. I mean, a, a lot of teams need coaches, a lot. But it comes out that Auburn is pursuing Mike Bobo to be its OC. And to make matters worse, wants Derek Mason as its defensive coordinator. Now, it's funny to see the reactions because I go to said tweet or said post and the replies are, you know, we've already seen the reaction from Gamecock fans. A lot of Gamecock Nation doesn't like Mike Boba, or a fair amount. You know, I, I don't know if 50 50 is fair, but 70 30 is definitely fair. Okay. As far as the split on liking and disliking Mike Bobo. But it's so funny to go to the post and see what Auburn fans are saying about Mike Bobo. They don't want him either. <laughs> A lot of their fans don't want him either. And so, like, you've got these two fan bases going back and forth on this guy. And Auburn supposedly is trying to get him. And, you know, we've been talking for a couple weeks now about Derek Mason. I was told he was probably going to be the Gamecocks next D.C. He might be going to Auburn. So what on God's green earth is going on? Because I know you guys are tuning in like, Chris, you're asking me the same question. Chris, what's going on? What do you know? Guys, I don't know. I'll tell you this, though. I'll tell you what my source told me late last night in regards to some of the rumors floating around. Um, for my source that I trust, they've told me that Bobo is 100%, 100% committed to South Carolina. Now, who knows what could happen? That could change. But, again, that's coming from someone I trust. They're telling me Bobo is 100% committed to South Carolina. Now, because the report was simply Auburn was pursuing him and wanted to get him there. It had said nothing about Bobo's interest level. So, you know, I, I, listen, I know you follow the money and, and, and you go, you, you, whatever. You take the best offer. But I kind of also put stock in Mike Bobo's word when he says, you know, I, I've, 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 I wanted to move somewhere I could, I could raise my family and his kids are in school here and he just signed a new deal and are Shane Beamer. And it would surprise me a, a good bit if, if Mike Bobo went to Auburn. It really would. It really would. As far as the Derek Mason thing and the DC thing, and of course, we got to also mention Shane Beamer flying to Starkville to interview the Mississippi State defensive coordinator, Zach Arnett. Of course, flight tracker season is, is upon us. Everybody's tracking all the flights. So I, I think certainly that that's in play. And I'll tell you this guy, this, I, I think it would be a solid hire. 
If you hired Arnett, I think it'd be a solid hire. And again, yes, I will go ahead and get out in front of it. I have said before, I'm giving Shane Beamer the benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise. I am. because I'll, And I'll tell you guys why, by the way. I just don't see the point in, in losing your shit in January of 2021 when the guy hadn't coached a single game yet. Let's let it not work out before we rip this dude. You know what I mean? Like, let, let, let's give it a chance to work first. Let's just give it a chance to work. You know, maybe there's a method to this madness. And that was kind of the message I conveyed on social media late Wednesday night. It's like, guys, and again, it's funny for someone like me to be saying this, because you would think me, I would be stoking the flames, right? Because I'm someone, hey, I'll call it what it is. I benefit greatly off of this drama because it's content for yours truly. But I'm just going to tell you guys this. My piece of advice would be take a step back, relax, let it unfold. Let the people that are paid millions of dollars, let them worry about it. Let them figure it out. It is literally out of our control. Again, am I as anxious as you all are? Absolutely. I want to know. Signing days in a month. We need to know who the coordinators are. We need to know who the coaching staff is for certain. But is getting bent out of shape and ripping Shane Beamer, and is that going to solve it? Is that going to get a coach hired? No. Now, we're sitting here on Thursday. Again, Thursday, January 7th. We're sitting here on Thursday. If we're talking on Tuesday of next week and there's still no D.C., hey, I'm going to be right there with you guys. I'm going to be a little concerned. I really will. I really will because at some point it's like, all right, we got to – you either got to shit or get off the pot. You know what I mean? Like, you, you got to figure this thing out. You got to figure this thing out. But for right now, you know, as frustrating as it is to a degree, there's just not much we can do about it. So, I would say this as far as the rumors that are swirling. I, I think Bobo will stay at South Carolina. I, I'd be really surprised if Bobo is not the offensive coordinator next season. And D.C., again, guys, I really don't know. Um, it sounds like Mason is expected to be named the next Auburn defensive coordinator. So is it Zach Arnett? Is that who it is? I, I, I don't know. I, maybe it is. And I don't think that'd be a bad hire by any stretch. Now, and we can, we'll, we'll talk about this much more when the hires are finalized and we know who the staff is. I, I'm going to do a full show breaking down the staff in its entirety and give my, my full unfiltered thoughts on it. I promise you they'll be unfiltered. Because, again, I'm going to give Beamer the benefit of the doubt until we run otherwise, but I'm going to be critical in the meantime. You, you guys know. You understand what this brand's about. You understand what I do. But, you know, I, if it's Arnett, I, you know, as far as the – quote unquote elite premier staff we were all promised does that really fit the bill I don't know I, I just I don't know I don't know I don't know that Gamecock fans are going to be very happy with that not that Shane Beamer gives a damn but I mean you know I don't know that that's going to fit the bill of that premier staff we heard about in the press conference but again Shane Beamer is the mad scientist behind this concoction. So we'll have to trust in Beamer. 
We'll see what happens. It should be a very interesting next few days. And again, by the time you're hearing the sound of my voice, it may have already dropped. There may be a new, uh, may be a new defensive coordinator. Who knows? But as of right now, as I sit here talking to you, there is nothing new. And again, the rumors continue to swirl. And what a crazy offseason it's been even at this point. I'm sure we have even more crazy storylines uh, yet to come. Let's move into your listener questions. And there's actually only one question, by the way. I do apologize for that because I, I know I put out the question box at a really weird time because it was before the basketball game. And um, I'll probably actually do more questions for the Friday show. So be sure to stay tuned for that. But there's one question. And it's Gamecock.Nation.News. Best player on the team right now for basketball. And that answer is easy. It's AJ Lawson. I mean, for sure. And, and I'm so happy to say that, by the way, because it was so maddening and so head-scratching last year when he had his struggles. And you just didn't really understand why he could never really get it going. I don't know if AJ, you know, coming off that freshman season, maybe just put too much pressure on himself. You know, he thought he had to shoulder the load and carry the team and 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 be the superhero out there. But, you know, I saw a guy against Texas A&M that I thought played very free, played very loose, very comfortable in his own game, played within himself, and had a lot of fun and used his talents, used his athleticism, and, God, he tore Texas A&M apart. So, definitely, definitely uh, A.J. Lawson, without a doubt, the best player on your team right now. All right, guys. We've got a fantastic interview, by the way. Former Gamecocks defensive back Arturo Freeman also played in the NFL for five years, by the way. Four years for the Dolphins, one year for the Pats. One of the best Gamecocks DBs to ever put on the Garnet and Black. Played in the mid to late 90s. What a career he had. And Arturo, a fantastic dude, fantastic human being, fantastic person. He was gracious enough to take his time to chat. And again, even a guy that's been rumored or was rumored as being the Gamecocks defensive backs coach. I, I, what a conversation you guys are about to endure. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, by the way. Packed show, great show. It's always fun, right, when we talk a Gamecocks victory. And I'm so glad that South Carolina basketball and conference play starts with a big-time W. Um, no better way to start it. But again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hope you have a fantastic day. now. Enjoy this interview with former Gamecocks defensive back Arturo Freeman. All right, joining us today on the Spurs Up show is a man that played for Gamecocks football from 1995 to 1999. During his career at South Carolina, he registered 307 total tackles, four tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, and 10 interceptions. He also had three forced fumbles, was named an SEC All-Freshman in 1995, and named to the All-SEC teams in 1996 and 1997. In 2000, he was a fifth-round pick by the Miami Dolphins, had a successful NFL career, played for the Dolphins, the Patriots from 2000 to 2005, registered 189 total tackles, five interceptions, and three and a half sacks in his NFL career. I'm very pleased to be joined by former Gamecock safety, Arturo Freeman. Arturo, appreciate you taking the time, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. For sure, Chris. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's, Arturo, go back to the beginning for you, because obviously you're a kid, you're an in-state kid from Orangeburg, South Carolina, yeah. and we were talking a little bit off here, obviously, again. You know, you came to South Carolina at a really interesting time because the Gamecocks were just coming off their first ever bowl win in school history. We all know a few years prior, obviously, 
Um, a few years prior, South Carolina had just joined the SEC. But the right. Gamecocks program in the 90s was definitely, you know, building, if you will, under Brad Scott. Just talk about the recruiting process for you. And if I if I see this correctly, I believe, did you play wide receiver in high school? Is, was that a was that yeah, a thing? Yeah, actually, I played everything in high school. Okay, you were do-it-all guy. Back. Okay, yeah, well, just, I was an just, athlete, as they call it now, the athlete. Yeah, yeah. Just just talk about the recruiting process, what it was like for you, because, again, like you were saying, you had offers from everywhere. You could have went anywhere, but you chose to stay in-state, go to South Carolina. Why was that? Why did you want to be a Gamecock? Um, I think it really registered after uh, going to the Senior Bowl. I'm sorry, yeah, the Senior Bowl in high school, the Shrine Bowl, as we call right. the Shrine Bowl. So playing with guys, being around that, comp- that, that camaraderie, you know, South Carolina guys want to do something different. Um, just meeting a good group of guys, playing against a lot of guys from North Carolina. And, you know, actually it's that, that carving relationship that I end up having with uh, coach uh, Brad Scott, you know, and at that time I was, was, was staying a lot with my grandmother and something intriguing how his approach. And when he met my grandmother and, you know, it's so crazy as a head coach, he came and changed the bulb light on my grandmother's front porch. Mm-hmm. And heard I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, those little things that coaches do. So with that, we, 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 we were able to form a, a great relationship. And uh, that's when I knew, okay, well, you know what? There's, there's a good opportunity for me to stay home and do what I, you know, aspire what I want to do and to, to try to be great home. You know, like a lot of the kids, you know, you want to be great, you know, you know to represent your state and, uh, and things like that. So I, I decided to, and after that relationship with Brad Scott, uh, led me to take a visit. And, and from there, you know, the rest is history. Now, what was the momentum like around the program, Arturo? Because, again, like I said, South Carolina was coming off of its first ever bowl win in school history. You had a young, high-flying freshman quarterback and Steve Tannehill that was obviously leading South Carolina. And you mentioned Anthony Wright, you know, came in with you. He would obviously take over later. But I'm just curious, you know, what was the momentum like around the program? Because, again, Brad Scott had just gotten there. They're coming off of a bowl win. And I have to imagine that, uh, you know, spirits were pretty high in Columbia at, at that point, I would say. Uh, definitely. So you, you had the fun and gun, uh, the full wide receiver, uh, people call it the West Coast or just uh, the, the, the fun and gun. Or mm. you had that offense that was that Florida State ran and, 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 and won a championship with that. You had Charlie Ward. You had those those guys that you read about. And you had the opportunity to be with Doc Eason, who was a wide receiver coach, Braska, who was was one of the, the offensive coordinator there. Uh, you know, everything they said at that time was gold, you know being recruited by Florida State and uh, the Florida schools. And, you know, you as a kid in South Carolina, Orangeburg, you it's different now. You know, we the paper was our biggest thing. It wasn't it wasn't the, the computer, the, the, the <laughs> right. social media that allowed these kids. I mean, you I didn't know what Ohio State was. <laughs> you know, I didn't right. I didn't know. I mean, at that time, University of Miami was on uh, probation, I think. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, you was like, you know, where could you go? Tennessee was was wanted to thrive in things because, uh, you know, because of Peyton, you know, the big, the big, the big thing you heard about uh, those guys going there. But other than that, I tell kids all the time, man, we, I, I, four or five schools, that's all you really knew. I mean, you knew the other schools, but you know, it wasn't, but back to your question, the, the morale was exciting because it was a brand new coach. It was a fun offense, offensive minded coach. Um, he believed in everything he said. He brought some guys over from the defense. Florida state just won a national championship uh, Brad Scott just won his first Carquest Bowl, uh, first bowl in, in school history. You know, you still got Steve Tannehill coming back. Um, you you just, it was exciting. You know, it was definitely a different, different, different vibe in Columbia. 
For sure. Now, you mentioned your head coach, Brad Scott. Just talk a little bit about him, your relationship with him. Obviously, we see what he's doing, still coaching, uh, now with the other team in the upstate. But uh, obviously had his run in Columbia, and you played for two coaches during your tenure. You did play for Lou Holtz that last year. But first off, your relationship with Brad Scott, what what was that like? Like you said, it sounded like it it got off to a pretty good start on the recruiting trail. It it, it did. It did. Uh, And uh, actually, to this day, you know, he's now actually – he left Clemson with his son. He's at uh, uh, USF. Uh, and to this day, we, we still exchange texts, uh, greetings during the holidays. You know, it's just it's amazing to see what his son is doing. You know, when you see him running around, running around the run around the campus when they, when they were young boys um, to, you know, to see that he's still coaching and what it's done for his family and the relationship that we we're, we're still able to have to this day. No hard feelings, nothing but love. Um, just and he's just a great, a great guy, man. Overall, he just a, a understands football, understands, understands the, the, the grooming and the maturing of a young man, does that very well. And, you know, it's great to see him still doing that and imparting young men. For sure. Now, I want to jump on the field, Arturo, because, again, we, we can talk about everything off field, but on field you were a monster, my friend. Just looking <laughs> at the stat sheet, I, I want to speak specifically to your freshman year because, again, we all know the transition. You know, we talk about, again, the SEC, going from high school to the SEC, that's no easy jump, but for you – 82 total tackles, two tackles for loss. You had half a sack and had an interception. Obviously, you were SEC all-freshman team. Um, just talk about what made the transition so seamless for you. I mean, why do you think it clicked so well for you? I and mean, again, you know, we all um, know the challenges of playing DB in the SEC, especially the type of athletes you're going against. I mean, what what made it click for you that first year? I, I, I think it was I was it was a mindset, you know. Um, I felt like I was the – I felt like I was – how do you say it? I felt like – I took advantage of, 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 I wanted to prove a point, you know, um, I wanted to, because I played both ways. I played off story. I went into the offensive meeting room and I, and I, and I sat down and I, and I was listening to Doc Eason at the time, uh, coach Eason at the time, go over some plays and, and I, and I looked around the room and it was literally about 12 guys. Mm. And I was, I was thinking 12 guys, one football, 12 guys, <laughs> one football, still got a running back, got Deuce Staley. Hmm. 12 guys, one <laughs> full wide receiver set, one football. I'm not going to get the ball unless I, I do something. Went into uh, Bobby John's room at the time. Divas are back. It's about five or six of us, eight guys, five at a time, one football. I could play in the middle of the field. Every time the ball in the air, I become the receiver. Hmm. 12 guys, five guys, one football. I get to hit people. And I just make <laughs> at the time I, I always tell my I've told my I tell kids today when I flip my hips, I'm a receiver. So I was blessed enough to to be able to play at a high level because my mindset was was the fact that I always train as an athlete. I I went, I could play parts, I could do anything. Uh I mean, naturally, you know, I love hitting people. I was, you know, very aggressive with with that. Uh, I just, I just really, my mindset was the fact that I wanted to be great, man. I wanted to be, actually, I wanted to be the best player ever put on a Carolina uniform. I, I at that time, I never met Sterling Sharp, and I wondered why his jersey was retired. And I, and and then I found out, and I was like, well, I'm gonna, I want to be better than him. I'm gonna be better than him. You know, Ethan, I'm going to stand out. I'm going to be the best player ever ever put on a Carolina, uh, a Carolina uniform, you know. 
Yeah, I want to switch gears a little bit in regards to just playing the safety position because when I think of ball hawking safeties, obviously you come to mind. And I, I think of a guy like Coe Simpson. That that was a guy at Carolina that I just – that was like one of the first guys as a, as a diehard fan I really remember watching and being like, wow, right. like the way the guy plays. Like, do you really – do you feel like it's just purely a mindset thing? Because, again, a lot of guys play the safety position, but not everybody plays it that way. You know what I mean? Definitely a mindset. Uh, playing at a high level in the SEC, you got to know what you're doing. And you got to study film. You know what? Anthony Wright was my co-roommate at the time. We lived in a roof, so we had different. The dorms were split in half. A bathroom split the room. So I always, I chose that because, and to this day, he probably don't know, I chose to be friends with him because I wanted to know everything and everything about a quarterback and how he thinks and what you look at and, you know, your, 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 your pros and cons. I wanted to pick his brain apart because, he was the quarterback on offense and I'm the quarterback on defense. So I need to know everything he knows and what he's looking at and put that in my terms to make, to make me a, 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 an effective ball hawk or an effective middle safety. So that was my approach to it. You know, I, when the ball's in the air, I, I just, I just, it was, I didn't see anything else. I'm just honestly tunnel vision. I didn't see anything else to be honest with you. For sure. So I want to move to the Carolina-Clemson rivalry, Arturo, because, again, you're an in-state guy from Orangeburg, South Carolina. Um, talk about that rivalry. Again, you were able to get a win against those guys at their yes. place. Um, right. Yeah, just just being a competitor in that rivalry. What's that like? And, and, a, and an interception during that game. Huh? Yeah, and a pick in that game. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, Coach Stock still recruited me very hard at Clemson at the time for a few years, and they recruited me hard then. And, and uh I don't, you know, it, it, it kind of, it's so funny. My high school, once for Wilkinson, after I left there, most of the guys end up going to Florida State or Clemson. How crazy. Woodrow Day, who <laughs> uh, was the quarterback at Clemson, played in my high school. Um, it, it That rivalry is an intense, probably one of the greatest college rivalries amongst uh, high school to college kids that live in the state. It's, it's, it's intense. Um, you don't know until you, you play that game. You you the the it, it doesn't matter if you're down by thirty. You still have the opportunity to win. Uh, it's just a different mindset. It's just a different. It's a it's a great experience. I, I encourage young men that are in Carolina that that want to stay home or in, at Clemson that want to stay home. There there's nothing like it. I mean, there will be a part of something great for years to come. So that in-state rivalry is a monster, bro. Mm-hmm. Really exciting and, and and it's still to this day, win or lose. <laughs> No, no doubt. So I, I want to jump Arthur, to your junior season. Uh, again, we all know that's the money year. That's the draft year, if you will. And again, on the field, you had another fantastic year, 92 total tackles, six interceptions. And like you said, you led the SEC in picks. Before we get to the draft stuff, because I know there's a lot to get into there, <laughs> yeah. uh, just overall, again, I, I know we already talked about your mindset and stuff like that, what clicked, but like, what do you think came together that year? Because again, you know, people talk about turnovers, by the way. I'm curious to get your take on this. I've talked to people you know, about turnovers as far as, you know, every coach teaches it, every coach preaches it, you know, get the ball off of people. And some people want to argue that it's kind of, it's quote unquote luck, if you will, which I know you'd probably agree as a competitor that luck is when opportunity meets preparation, right? right? That, that's Correct. what luck Correct. But Correct. Some people will argue that it's being in the right place, right time, whatever. And again, that comes from your preparation, stuff like that. But again, to have that type of season, six interceptions, I know a lot more goes into it than just you're in the yeah. right place at the right time. You've studied, you've prepared, you've sharpened your skills to that point. Again, your junior season, I mean, you're in the prime of your career. It's your money year. But just talk about that season overall. Again, obviously, you, you showed out that. Oh, that 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 season was was unreal. How funny, because 
I end up, uh, I was, I remember, I remember meeting with Kerry Thorpe at the time and he had uh, told me that he had a few uh, preseason All-American teams that were, I, were, I was on going into that junior year. <clears throat> I had a preseason first team RCC. I ended up getting the, the, the year next, the preseason uh, Playball All-American. That was huge back then. Mm. Ended up going to Playball American that year. So uh, uh, the mindset that I, I, I can remember to like, like it was yesterday, I used to watch the guys at Florida because Steve Spurrier had a winning team and they, and they beat the crap out of that, my friend. <laughs> and I know Fred T and all those guys that got recruited around the same time of those guys. And I remember how it felt to just be flying around, flying around the field and, 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 and they were all over the place. And I was just like, mm-hmm. something I'm not doing right. You know, and I put that pressure on myself to, I gotta be, I, I can't let Warfel beat me if I'm in the middle of the field. I I gotta be able to do something. So I, then that's when I realized that a lot of stuff was timing, a lot of stuff had to do with coverages and a lot of stuff had to do with anticipating. I had to be able to show one thing, do another. I had to be able to be strong enough to sit uh, in a cover four or a too high safety look and be deep enough. I had to understand that the safety, the quarterback doesn't know if I'm sitting at 10 or 15 where he's at, where he's at. So I had to be comfortable to be at 15 or 14 yards deep and not move slow pedal back. I had to learn the adjustment of sitting at 10 and, and be aggressive re running pass. So I had to change a lot of things that I knew would make me a better post safety in the sec. And knowing the fact that 70% of the teams you're going to play going to run well, but they also throw a lot. So it just, that year just clicked. I mean, I think, True, true story, a scout told me, he said, out of those years, I think at the same time, I think Charles Woodson, either one or the other, but we have the same amount of picks or something that, like, how crazy, his was the biggest stage on TV, and certain picks, like the one-hand pick he had in the Rose, but I had a one-hand pick in ECU, mm. Carolina game. It's, uh, I had two picks against Florida. You know, when when you pick Florida off twice, you, you're you pretty much, you're guaranteeing yourself a first-round pick mm. as a defensive back. You know, and that, how crazy! I had one in the, at safety, and I had one at the nickelback. I was right up close to as well, and 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 from that to take away the fact the mindset of that I had, I just picks come in rolls. They 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 come. In, I always tell kids they come in threes. Uh, I've been fortunate to, to to coach the secondary, and we the last three years we've walked away now a total I think thirty three interceptions. Uh, we had twenty. We had we had twenty two. Uh, 22, 22 picks, I want to say, in, in one season, 22 takeaways. Uh, mm. It just, you know, just, I'm a big believer in, you know, if you can you, if you can become offensive-minded on defense, you, you're going to help a lot of teams win games. We got to be turnover machines, you know. we I tell my secondary guys all the time, we have to be able to get the ball back for the offense. And, and that's the mindset that I, that I live by. It definitely sounds like you were a student of the game. I mean, that without a doubt. What was watching film? Was that like a big? That was. I'm assuming that was a big thing at that point, right? I mean, was that? You know, you know, it, it was because you know what the good thing about it. We still had a cassette tape, there. right? Right. <laughs> and the scout, the, the like I tell you, the scouting department was key for me right. at Carolina. I would take the tapes that Bobby Johns had, and he would have them all stuck there, sit up, and I would just take one by one and third and short, third and long, uh, first and ten, uh, and then I would understand the fact that okay, well. The coverage that we were running, we were running a lot of too high system, and, and luckily I, we end up going running that when I went to the Dolphins, a too high a too high system, uh, a safety system where the safeties can be interchangeable, 
And I was blessed to play with Ben Washington, who was a, was was fast, and he, his game was more ten yards and in. He was a true strong safety, uh, and and Brad understood my ability, you know, to be able to run, chase balls, and he just he he just gave me the green light. And I tell a lot of people in in college, uh, when you have the ability to 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 have the green light, it makes a world of difference. If you prepare, you can make some plays. Mm. You you really really can, you know. So. That's that's the biggest thing I, I take from being a student of the game and, and playing then. We didn't have all the things that they have now, but what we did have, we had a lot of cassette tapes and the scouting department during that time did a really good job of breaking down film for us. And I just took advantage of it, you know. Now, now this is switching gears a little bit, Arturo, but I want to get your thoughts on this. Just the way that football is played today defensively um, with the rules and the flags uh, and the targetings, like – What's your – because, I, I mean, I'd imagine I – mean, again, you look back, you had a lot of picks, but, I mean, you were coming down and, you know, in runs – I mean, 99 tackles your sophomore year, 92 you're, – I mean, you were – you know, you, I'm assuming you were a physical guy, you know, and it used yeah, to – Yeah, I was involved with the run game. No, right, no you were involved doubt. in the run game, no question. You, you, you would put a hat down there in the run game, but uh, – and obviously when you played, it was a different game. You, you were, you'd strike fear in your opponent to come across the middle, and we see the game today, you know, in the NFL, in college, everything. What – I mean, is it is it tough to watch for you as a, as a former defensive guy? It's, it's first of all, it is tough with a lot of the PI, the rules, but you know, I was a part of that, that when the NFL changed its rules because it, they got more offensive minded because they needed to score more points, put more mm-hmm. stands and make more money. Uh, I played on the, on the, on the Dolphins secondary. That was, you know, four years running number one secondary in, in, in NFL, mm-hmm. with, uh, Paul, I mean, with, uh, Sam Madison and Pat Sertan and Terrell Buckley, um, when we played press, everything was press, press, press. And, you know, it's so funny. My, my second year in the league, we had an NFL meeting. And the first thing, the rules meeting, because every year they come in with the rules and changing the rules. And the first team that popped up was the, the defensive backs at Miami. And, and, you know, no more touching, no more holding, no more checking downfield. You got to get your head around now when you, when you, when you check and you press and you got to get your head around inside, outside. But you, you can't unless your head is all around. That's like in, impossible. It's just – the rules are crazy and down to the targeting. Now, listen, I get it. The concussions and, and, and things like that. I get it. I, I, I'm totally against targeting. I'm totally against really, you know, dropping the crown of the head and you can hurt yourself. Honestly. Uh, the problem is the fact that not a lot of little league youth coaches are, are you have, have God bless their heart. You have a lot of parents coaching youth league, which is, you know, we don't have enough coaches. We don't have enough, High school guys that are college guys going back in, in, in this profession, we're having the pro guys, you know, really, you know, spending a lot of time trying to trying to develop. Now that, you know, it's so technical, the proper way to, to tackle. I mean, it's tough. So, I mean, it's, it's really no one person or no one particular group that you could point the finger at and say, hey, you know, this is the reason why. But it starts in, in, in youth football. It's not a lot of tackling anymore because of concussions. And because of things that have happened in that, that we see post-concussions in the NFL, and it's a dangerous situation. But I truly believe the fact that the game has gotten tougher and it's, it hasn't have a, we don't have a clear-cut direction of how to tackle, how to, you know. So now you just get a lot of guys that are young, just running. And the ones that, that, that know a little bit about tackling, they, they're, they're ducking their heads and it's a reflex. So it's, it's tough. You know, it's such a thin line, you know, and a lot of guys, you, if you talk to any guy that get caught for targeting, mm-hmm. they, they'll probably tell you, 
coach, I've been tackling it this way my whole life, mm. my whole life, you know? So all thing we could do is, 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 is clean it up and, and, and kind of explain and teach the guys that, you know, you can not only hurt their opponent, but you can really hurt yourself, you know? So, but it is frustrating because, you know, I love the hit and I love to chase ball and I love to, 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 to jump over piles. And I like to <laughs> cleaning up piles when I see linemen standing around, <laughs> you get an opportunity and you, how crazy, but I used to make my coach make me laugh. I used to clean them up just so that the team's opponent the following week will watch film. And they would say, who the hell is number 12? Like, <laughs> so I was trying to set the next opponent up knowing that I'm going to knock this lineman that don't see me coming, <laughs> knock him out uh, over the pile, clean the receiver so that the team I'm playing next week will say, coach, man, you see that, that dude crazy. And there's linemen push you guys around too, so why not take your shot when you get it, right? I mean, oh, you better. You, better. <laughs> you know you they're better. gonna do they're they're, they're gonna do the same to you. So I mean, why not? So you better. Um, yeah. You better. So let's move back to Carolina. Obviously, again, a lot of big storyline that '97 season. Obviously, as we talked a little bit off air, Archer, and I'll, I'll give you the floor so you can dive into it. Obviously, again, you have that huge junior year, like we said, your money year, your draft year. You were gonna declare, did not? Brad Scott convinces you to come back. Just talk about that. Talk about that decision. Overall, what happened? I was spoke to my father, and he was like, don't you think you, you exhausted everything in college? And I was like, yeah, but I had so much fun, man. I mean, I enjoyed the campus. I enjoyed college life. I mean, we, we it's a full-time job, man, and, and I enjoyed just being on campus. And, you know, I was finishing my, my, my schoolwork, and, and and I was just – I was enjoying my little world, you know, and it wasn't something popular. Nobody really came to you uh, compliant and said, hey, you know, you got a first-round grade. It wasn't until late when I found out that I had a first-round grade and I saw a mock draft had me going like 17th overall to Denver, something like that. Or then another one had me going 20-something overall uh, to uh, the 49ers. And then, you know, I, I didn't know. I mean, one, one draft guy said he came he came to see us run my junior day, I think it was, and came to see us run or came to see me, see me to watch film and found John Abraham. How crazy. I, yeah. see, I, see, I came to watch you, but end up discovering John Abraham. NFL Hall of Famer, or going to be. Going to be. Yeah, going to be. You know, me and John are friends this day. I'm like, you know, it's, but I, I, I'm grateful because maybe it was just I had to be in position to help other guys. And and, and at the end of the day, it's, it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing with me. I, I have no regrets staying in school. Um, you know, obviously, I look back at it now, I'm like, wow, you know, yeah, it did cost me some money. I was able to make some money still, but at the same time, it still cost you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, it costs you money, you know, but at the same time, like I said, uh, I'm grateful. That was a great year. 90, uh, 97 was a, a hell of a year for me on the field, off the field, met a lot of people, um, experienced a lot of, you know, uh, achievements. You know, I, I think to this day, I still got the, I think Cole Simpson probably tied me, I think the most picks in the season. Mm, yeah. I think Cole, I think Cole did tie you in the, uh, the 04 year. Yeah. yeah so look, I'm, I mean, it's 15, 16 years move, removed. Yeah. So, hey, I'm I'm ready to see. I'm still, another, I'm still waiting for him to retire my stuff in Carolina. How about yeah. that? I'm I'm ready to see another safety break your record. With all due respect, <laughs> right? I would love I to see that too. A corner, anybody? Yeah, anybody for sure. Anybody. So, so let's let's talk about though what happened after that decision. Again, you having to overcome some adversity because in 1998, again, you come back from that senior year and you get hurt. Um, and I, oh man, I got I got hurt. I got hurt my last game. The last, the last practice of two days, mm. you know, I, I, God bless us, Brad Law and asked me 
to to I got hurt on a on a on a punt block punt block team scout team. Mm. I'm he asked me to come up and, and be on scout team mm. punt block, and I remember like it was yesterday. Willie Offer went this way, and I went in clearly, and somebody came down on my knee, and all I remember is on being on my back and 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 brass guy had his look on his face like like oh my god what just happened you know and that 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 momentum and i didn't know what i meant so much to the team that i mean we lost every game after that that mm. killed us it just you know it just shot us in the, in, in in the heart you know I, I just just because i don't i mean i don't even know i can't words can't describe but i didn't think i had that much impact on a team to just to just to shoot everybody in the foot like that and it really stole us because we worked so hard, man. We and we were looking forward to, you know, having that year and having all our guys together and and, and things like that. So it was tough, man. Very yeah, and then and then obviously again, I mean, you're rehabbing, you're dealing with the injury, the team's dealing with adversity on the field, going one in ten that year, and then right. ninety nine comes around. Um, Brad Scott's no longer there. Lou Holtz gets the job. I mean, again, everything is like it's a whirlwind for you at this point. I'm imagining so whirlwind. Yeah, talk, World talk about I, I, the conversations with Holtz. I mean, I'm assuming he had oh, to come man. in and say some I, words I, to you. I, I'm, I'm, they hire Holtz. I get a phone call, and they say, Coach Holtz wants to meet with you. Um, I remember Coach Holtz because during that time, he recruited us in, in South Carolina, and uh, he was always talking about Tony Rice. Um, speed with Coach, I, I remember going into office. I was smelling this pipe, you know, and <laughs> things like that, you know, the great Lou Holtz. And – I bought into what he was saying because I was going I, what I was going to do was at that time, agents gave, kind of gave me some advice on some things and got my surgery done by Dr. Andrews in Alabama. And I had to go there because uh, he was one of the top NFL doctors at the time. And I, I knew that the NFL w- would not cast cast a stone on me if I got my surgery done from there. I still would get no matter what. All I had to do was just stay healthy, play it how crazy I saw. I bought into what coach Holt said. He was going to turn this program around it. I was thinking, Oh, in my head, my little peanut brain, I'm like, <laughs> he going to turn around now. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm committed to Carolina. I want to leave. I was going to go into the supplemental drive and just wait because I was fine. I, I rehabbed, uh, had a great rehab, uh, Dr. Um, one of the, one of the, one of the head trained in Rod, Rod Walters was, was great with me. Um, they got me back around four to six months, man. I was running with the brace on. I was stronger than ever. And then I bought into what Coach Host was saying. I didn't go in the supplemental drive. I stayed again and then end up getting hurt with my spleen. God, why, why, how crazy. I end up getting hurt. Had a stomach injury during camp. Nobody, nobody really knew. People knew I got hurt, but I end up coming back like a week later, had surgery, end up playing, played the whole year, hurt, played out of position, mm-hmm. was trying to just stay healthy. I should have just set my butt down and just waited, you know. But I once again, I just I felt like I just I was committed to my team. No matter what, I just I wanted to leave a legacy with the young guys that that decided to go to Carolina, that, you know, sacrificed a lot to to be there and and want to really truly see this program not only win, but win big and win consistently. You know, my heart is, is, is always uh, bleeding the ground and black and, 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 and wanting the best for these guys, man. Really, really wanting the best for these guys. I'm, 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 I'm invested 
You understand? I'm, in, I'm invested, you know, uh, brick by brick. And, you know, one guy asked me before, because they, I guess they were rumored about me trying to coach this year at Carolina, things like that. And like I told him, I'm definitely, I'm definitely interested. I'm definitely uh, would love to, 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 to give back. You know, I have a great Florida ties here with uh, a lot of guys the last 10 years that, you know, we've put in college and uh, just to be an amazing opportunity. And I tell guys, I'm truly like, I see Coach Beam, I get it, but I, but I'm invested. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm truly blood, sweat, and tears. I can truly say, you know, of any coach, anybody that played, I could truly say that I've left some blood on that field. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's real for me. For sure. Well, I, I want to move into kind of when everything came to fruition, if you will, for you after all the adversity, all that, you know, the mm. one in 21, you went right through it. <laughs> um, you get right. that call, fifth round pick in 2000 by Miami. Obviously, you're rocking the Miami Dolphins polos, we can see. Um, yeah, man, we had a game today, bro. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just, just talk about that, man. You get that call again, overcoming all the adversity. I'm sure that had to be, again, it's not necessarily maybe where you wanted to go. Like you said, I mean, being right. a first round grade, but you make it there. I mean, you fulfill a right. dream, uh, you know. Yes, man. When I got that call, I remember getting the call from Jim Bates, who told me, he said, he said, uh, you know, we had you, we, we, we had you, you know, um, you know, third or fourth guy that we really, we were really interested in, you know, uh, just, you know, how, you know, how the draft goes, things happen. Um, but you clearly was a guy that we wanted and it just, and I just told him, coach, thank you for the opportunity. I'm just grateful through the adversity, thankful because it wasn't popular back then with kids still getting drafted or, you know, uh, with ACLs. And, you know, it was still something that was still kind of like, should we take a shot on the guy? You know, um, I still went to the senior bowl, had a good senior bowl, did well at the comedy, did good at the pro day. Um, but I was just grateful, man. I was just, I, I took it with a grain of salt and said, you know what? I'm grateful. I was just a, a, a gratitude mindset. You know, I had to bust my butt when I got to Miami and, and things like that, but it was it was well worth it, man. Just seeing the fact that uh, the coaches knew I was about business, you know. For I I I was able to from day one, you know. If it went for veterans on the team, I I probably should have played day one, but I was ready, you know. I was I was I was coached well in college. Um, I was I was I was finally healthy. Um, the only thing, only per, only thing in my, it was in my way was like I tell Brock Marin, Brock, Brock was the free safety, and I was strong. But <laughs> you in my way because I I play free safety, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to retool myself and evolve and, and and truly get myself to you know playing strong safety and, and playing dime and just doing whatever they needed because it was a veteran team. But back to the question, I was elated, I was grateful, I was thankful to God because it was a childhood dream. Since eight years old, I, I told my parents that I will I would play in the NFL, and um. I tell my kids today, I, I accomplished my childhood dream. I accomplished what I, what I wanted to do. So very grateful, man. Definitely grateful. I'm really curious, Arturo, also to get your perspective on, again, you get drafted. And I mean, you were, like you said, you left blood on that field. You, you were a part of the adversity that was 98, 99. But to see your guys turn it around in 2000 and 2001 and went back-to-back Outback Bowls. And I mean, again, still, oh. I think – I think to this day, it's still the greatest turnaround in college football history. Um, oh, just, man. Just and the pride listen, that you felt watching that. Listen, you know what's so crazy? I get chill bumps right now when you said it just now, just because I I remember guys like Sheldon Brown coming to Carolina and said, and t- man, I came because I just wanted to play with you, or I came because you were here, bro. Just, just I watched you in high school, and 
and just you know as you a kid then you got like what that shut up but seeing a secondary that that would number a freshman all those guys get drafted and and, and mm-hmm. get a get a uh get a shot to play in the nfl bro i mean i, I couldn't i didn't understand it till later you know somebody sent me an article and saying you know it's south carolina the next dbu and they had my name mm-hmm. being the first guys to start a run of guys getting drafted and playing at a high level and I was, I was, you know, I all looked up to, I used to do my homework. I used to, I, I looked, I called Brad Edwards, you know, he, hey, I called him, you know, me being a college guy, I, I wanted to know him because here's this guy go second round, you know, play safety, did this. I, who are you? <laughs> but I'm saying, right. I want to know, you know, I took that much pride in knowing everything about Carolina. And, and, and when that, when I, when the guy sent me that article and I was just elated and blessed to see that they felt well enough for me to say that I was one of the first to start to run at, at, at Carolina of DBUs. And it was just a blessing, man. It's, my life has just been a blessing, honestly, man. That's why I'm just so excited about what's turning around now and these guys winning and hopefully I can be a part of it. Hopefully I can help out. Hopefully I can, you know, never know. For sure. So I, I want to move to your NFL career, Arturo. 189 total tackles, five INTs, three and a half sacks. And again, like I said, you're with the Dolphins from 2000 to 2004 with the Pats in 05 and I don't know if people know this. My dad's actually a pretty big Dolphins fan. My grandpa was too. And so I, wow. I remember, so I've always been kind of, I'm much more of a college guy. I don't watch a ton yeah. of NFL. I just never really latched on to a team. But I, I remember vividly watching those Dolphins teams with like uh, Zach Thomas and yes. uh, what was the defensive end? Jordan. Uh, Jason Taylor. Jason Zach Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Those defenses were nasty though. Like those defenses, yes. the, the Dolphins, they're getting back to it now, but it you, used to really be, you guys, you guys, Listen, had I was blessed. I was blessed to, 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 to play with a bunch of guys that were two, three years older than me. And then at that time it was crazy because uh, Jimmy drafted us and Dave was coach, but Jimmy was a part of that draft. And he acted <laughs> guys, Zach Thomas went in the fifth round. Jason Taylor fell in the third. Zach fell to the fifth. I fell to the fifth. Sam Madison fell to the second. Pastor attention went for, he felt, Doing that same, they had a knack of getting guys that had some type of adversity mm-hmm. in college and was able to put it all together. And, and that was that's that's what it was. That defense, that's what it was. You know, and I was like, oh, this is second nature. This is I belong to this. You know, I tell guys all the time, should I play 10 years? Probably so. But that you got to have a little bit of luck of the draw when it comes to that. Your mm-hmm. your coaches on your staff, you got to win enough, they got to get head coach jobs. And that's how you get to that seven, eight, nine, ten years. Right. Certain monies have to take you over. If not, I took a year off playing, and and it was one of the hardest things to get back involved, get back in, and you know, it just it's just one of those things, man. So, what I was grateful, man, just to play with Jason Taylor, Hall of Famer. Zach is going to get in this year at Hall of Fame. Uh, Tim Bowens, um, Adewale Agunyale, who came, who was undrafted the year I got there. Uh, oh man, just. You name it, Terrell Buckley, Pat Sertan, Brock Marion, who has Super Bowl with Dallas. Uh, oh, man. I mean, just – I was just elated, man, to play on a high level. I played against guys like – I got a shot to play against Jerry Rice. You know? I mean, come on, bro. I, got, yeah. I played against Jerry Rice. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I've watched guys grow up in front of my eyes like Steve Smith, who's a, who was a dog, hmm. who's played 14, 15 years. Just Wes Walker, who, was, who we used to kill in practice – becomes a, a a great you know so it's i got countless stories man i i, I have no regrets at all bro none 
Yeah, I was going to say your biggest takeaways from your like overall from your NFL career because again, a five year career, you did some great things, played on some great teams. When you look back on it now, I guess what what are your biggest takeaways from being in the league? Listen, man, uh, playing 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 at a high level, really learning how to play the game of football as a team sport, um, understanding the fact that you know you could be a great college football player. And, and and it may not translate over, but at the same time, you you got if you if you sacrifice to the ultimate winning, you 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 win in the end. Um, have an opportunity to play, you know, for Coach Belichick, my sixth year in the league, and him him being able to you see the game differently when you see him coaching. I tell guys all the time, Coach Belichick's coaches for five quarters. What does that mean? He finishes a game from start to finish. That's how he wins. You know, his teams are built on. It don't have to be the most talent. He he not recruit, but he brings in guys. He brings in young, so they learn the system. He brings in you old, older, because he knows the fact that you can adjust. So that combination of knowing one way, being able to adjust, clashing, creates that the great ingredients and the recipe for successful New England. How they do things, mm. you know, So it's it's and he and if you, I got memories. I picked off Tom Brady. We won the, the year my my last year at the Dolphins. Uh, picked him off to win the game, you know. Then the following year, I'm in the same locker room with him. Um, it's just when you walk away now, and these guys are considered great, and you like, man, we 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 know each other personally, you know. So it's, I take a lot from it, man. I'm I'm I just humbly grateful. Just words can't express, man. Just the the atmosphere and the 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 gratitude I have for the and the love of the game, man. Period. For sure, Arturo. Let's move into current day uh, South Carolina football. I'm curious to get your take. Again, I, obviously, we all know what happened with the Will Muschamp era coming to an end this year and Shane Beamer uh, getting hired as head football coach. Uh, obviously, we're in 2021. He'll be going in his first season this fall. But obviously, Shane was a guy that came, you know, obviously well after you at Carolina and everything. And, right. But he was very much a popular choice amongst the alumni, former players, um, some Gamecock legends. I mean, guys that played during the best run ever in school history. But I want to hear from your vantage point, just your thoughts overall on um, where South Carolina football is right now and the decision to hire Coach Beamer. All right, so how I how I was able to get it to, to break down the Coach Beamer hire, um, I couldn't pinpoint it and say, okay, he's an offensive guy. I couldn't say, okay, he's a defensive guy. What Carolina needed is exactly if they have and, and and all your fans and listeners and 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 college football understand the hire. I understand the hire as he he is stepping in to manage this football team. He's going to be able to wear a head coach, GM, president. He's not offense. He's not defense. You get what I'm saying? Mm, oh yeah. Carolina needed this after Spurrier. They went in and got Muschamp because his reputation of being a, uh, a disciplined type guy. And I tell people all the time, that's a good thing when you have problems. When you win him, you're going to have problems. Mm. The guys are going to get money. They're, they, they're, 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 they're leaving school early. There's, it's a good thing overall for the winning aspect of it. You can't go in and try to crush that and say, hey, you know, let's, let's tone them down a little bit. You just can't do that. You got to be able to have somebody like a Beamer now that's not offense, that's not defense. He is a general manager. 
go get him a offensive guy is pressures on you. You got to do your job. Defensive guy, you got to do your job. And I'm going to make sure that y'all both are held to, 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 to the teeth. You know, I'm not one way offensive minded, one way defensive minded, all special teams. No, no, no. We got three head coaches, mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special team guy. We got three like-minded head coaches with a guy that's over saying, I'm making sure you do your job, your job, and your job. Mm-hmm. And I get to recruit kids to fit what you do. Mm-hmm. You get it? So I see that hire as being, being a, a general manager, a young guy who will develop as a, could be offense, could be defense, or could just be a great manager of, of guys. You know, the Harbor, the Harbor brothers, the, the, just those type of coaches that come from the special teams. Special team coaches do very well as head coaches because they are great managers because they have to touch a little bit of the O-line, D-line, because every facet of the game they have to touch. They touch running backs, they touch receivers, DB. They're the only coach that has a a relationship with everybody on the team Mm. outside the head coach. So that Beamer hire made me realize, okay, okay, I see the direction. Mm. I see the direction. Right now, I get it. They may not have the money. They may not have everything that they need. But I see the direction, you know? And now if he could just bring in guys and, you know, really focus on the recruiting and really focus on getting the best players in the state in South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida, tying yourself up. You know what? If, if, you, if you, you may not be able to get this guy, that guy, or this coach, that coach, but guess what? Stack up what you need. Stack up guys that, that are going to, that are going to, bleed black and garnet and 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 recruit their 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 butts off and 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 get kids in here you know that that's how i see this hire being maybe i mean we, we're all going to be looking back and wondering see how it plays out but that's really my mindset of how i saw this hire happening you know if much would have been able to put him a a, a real offensive minded guy and 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 really gave uh something a little bit more of a defense could it could have been a little different or, or really focus on that you know who knows but i see the beamer hire as being really more of a general manager outlook uh that you know in time will like a saving always going to be able to be controlling the team you see off of the corners come and go you see deep in the corners come and go because they win it mm. you know so hopefully that's how it looks at carolina and as we sit here first week of January, obviously, we still don't know who the other three assistant coaches are. Um, and the big one being the defensive coordinator, uh, wide receivers coach, and then, like we were talking about, defensive backs coach is most likely going to be that other one. I, you don't have to say anything. If there's been conversations off the record, we can keep them as such. But, I mean, it sounds like you'd definitely be interested in a return to Columbia if that opportunity was presented to you. I mean, just can you shed any light on that? Again, I know your name definitely. I saw it a couple of weeks ago has been one that's like, you know, been rumored or floated around. Has, has South gone and contacted him? You know, could this be a possibility? I mean, you have any, I guess, insight on that or anything you can speak to in, in well, regards to that? I, I could definitely tell you that I, that I, um, I'm definitely interested. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested. And I, I did send my resume over and I'm definitely interested. You know, I've had some calls from other schools concerning because of, my connection with a lot of the Florida kids now, mm-hmm. you know, at what capacity, at what role, you know, is it safety, the DB coaches. I know sometimes a lot of guys split the room. Um, I know there, there, some teams will have analyst positions open. I'm definitely uh, in that mindset because I, I just, you know, I want to learn. I want to keep continuing to, to, to grow. I'm at an age now where my kids are a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and and and, and I I'm definitely uh, intrigued and and anything I can do to help my alma mater, help my school, at whatever level. Some guys may be way more qualified than me. I mean, mm. you know how that game goes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the day, I mean, you know, it's it's hard for a lot of, a lot of NFL guys that are, that are, that, are, that want to continue doing this and uh, uh, at a high level. But at the same time, like I said, I mean, my mind and my heart is 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 the garnet and black and and it's, it's Carolina um, all day long and. If there's anything that uh, Coach Beamer would like for me to do uh, concerning these, these Florida recruits or or just in any capacity, I would love to have that conversation. Mm. Well, you mentioned DBU earlier, by the way, and it is it it is interesting because after you, I mean, you think of all the great DBs to the 2000s and 2010s, and I mean, some guys that I've been able to have on the show. Is there is there a Carolina DB that was like your favorite to watch in the league? I know South Carolina still got a couple of guys in the league that are balling <laughs> out, but. Uh, because um, I mean, again, there's so many of them. It's a blessing. There's, there's so, so many, many bro. There's so many of them. I, I, you know, it's because last couple of years I've been able to, um, one of the high end, um, facilities down here. I had the opportunity to help, um, a lot with a lot of pro guys coming out of college, going to the pros and being able to put my hands on them over right. 10 years. Um, I've, I've, I've worked with a couple of guys. I've worked with Stefan. Uh, I'm ex- I, I've, I've, I've been so excited Jonathan Joseph has, oh man, he's played, he's, he's been doing it. Over 10 years in the league, right? Consistently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stefan took his game to a whole nother level. Yeah. I, I watched Stefan and, and, and I knew Stefan was, he didn't know nothing about playing DB when he was <laughs> up Carolina. Mm. And I, and to this day I laugh. I'm like, bro, you ain't know what the, he was just running. Mm. He, he was, he, his, he's possessed a, a high level skill level. That's second to nothing. And he, when he bought into understanding his craft, man, I just knew it was a amount of time that he would be who he is, you know, and, and, and he does it at a high level. Um, I mean, it's, it's wild to think the best defensive back in the NFL went to the university of South Carolina, really, when you think about it, I mean, it's right. No debate. Gilmore's the guy. I mean, Gilmore's the guy. Gilmore's the guy. Uh, Swearinger does a really great job. I like his game. Uh, He, he's, 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 he's aggressive. He's, you know, headhunter, (laughs) headhunter. And he, you know what he, 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 he got he, he remind me of myself whereas and he loved his school man and I didn't I, I dig it mm. you know I, I truly truly dig it um uh DBs man it just it's the kid at, at the Raiders I didn't even know he would he went to South Carolina yeah, and, Keyshawn Nixon yeah right man all these guys man I'm like when I see these guys they be like man yeah you know this safety went here this guy what I'm like what other safety was at Denver for a long time he he, he was at yeah, Darian Stewart yeah right yeah, I'm yeah. like man <laughs> now, just two days ago i spoke with uh izzy the, the, the young kid yeah, yeah. he's down here i'm gonna go see him this week he's down here training uh at one of the facilities man i mean like i tell these boys anything they need man. i mean i'm we're, i'm carolina man i mean at the end of the day i got a lot of friends it's easy to go to those schools it's easy right. to go to lsu and in florida and you in that school and that but it takes guts and it takes to be different to go to 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 South Carolina and 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 really especially when 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 we've gone through a lot of ups and downs but I don't understand any defensive back and maybe this is my sales pitch that don't look at the fact that so many defensive backs are in the NFL Mm. why wouldn't you want to go to Carolina yeah it's a great point that's a great point. When you, if if I'm number two, number three, and, I, and number one goes here, and number two, somebody going to Oregon, you, you crazy. Yeah. yeah, I'm going right to South Carolina, stand out, do my three, and I'm out. 
Yeah, like you said, the best, best defense back in the NFL went to USC. It can be done. There's no question. It can be done. Absolutely and guess no what? Scouts look at that and say, I'm looking. Scouts are saying, I want to go get the Stephon Gilmore. So guess what they're going to go to? Yeah. South Carolina. Because that's how those guys think. Let me, maybe something's going on over there. Let me, let me check it out. Mm. You know, so. For sure. Well, Arthur, you've been gracious with your time before we get you out here. One last thing really quickly. I, I just want to, again, go back to on the field for you or your time in Columbia. When you look back on it, um, if you had to pinpoint just your favorite memories, funny stories, maybe with, with Brad Scott and Holtz on field, off field, whatever. I mean, I'm sure you have, you have plenty, but, uh, yeah, just, just things that stand out from your time in Columbia. Oh man. Just, you know, Brad Scott, I remember the Clemson game was amazing for us, uh, playing with the, 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 both the Hamburg brothers. That was a, a, a exciting and, 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 and adventurous, uh, playing with Deuce Staley, uh, just crazy stuff. True story with Lou Holtz. Two stories. I mean, I remember Lou, when I got hurt the second time, Lou told me he was going to quit smoking. <laughs> I, he, he said he was going to quit uh, taking his pipe. Literally, I mean, after I got to the hospital, we, I came to see him. He didn't smoke. I was like, what, what, what? He looked at me and was like, you here, ain't you? you <laughs> so basically, you, you made it out. So I, I'm back smoking because you made it out. Like I was like, what? I thought you were going to give this up. So... Uh, just numerous stories, man. It, it, it all come back to life once I'm around the guys and mm. once I'm around um, talking to the guys and being around them and things like that. A lot of stuff comes back to memory. Um, like I said, man, I enjoyed my time. I looked at the campus has changed. You know, the facilities are second to none. Top facilities in the country. I mean, everything's in place. Everything's in place. You know, everything is truly in place. You know, I just want to see these guys get on a consistent run uh, really beef up the recruiting staff, really beef up the, the, whatever we got to do. You know, we got to lock arms. We got enough NFL guys across the country and get it, get engaged, you know, and let's lock arms and let's, let's, let's corner this market and, and continue to build this program. Now, were you, uh, real last thing, were you a big trash talker? I mean, were, were, is that kind of your thing? I know. So I ask you that because you mentioned that your roommate was Anthony Wright and I had Anthony on the show and I know he, he likes to, he likes yeah, to he talk. Like the trash talk. Yeah, he, yeah he, I just he is slick. He's slick. I, I was at, I was going to ask you what those battles were like. I mean, because like I said, Anthony's a dude. He does not lack confidence. We're going to put it that way. That's putting he, it lightly. He don't. He he can throw. <laughs> Anthony. Oh yeah. Another another guy talented. End up playing. Anthony ended up getting about eight nine years in the league. Yeah. Oh yeah. Played a lot in the league. Yeah. yeah. Played a lot in the league. Yeah. I mean, Eric Eric Kimry had the funny story. He told me that you know his his lifelong dream was to be an NFL quarterback, and then he got on campus and saw Anthony Wright throw, and he's like, I think I'll just be a coach. Like, right. You, know, you listen, see his listen, he I mean. used to throw. He used to listen. He used to throw that thing. He used to, <laughs> and he could put it on a dime and he talking trash. But I, we used to go at it, man. We used to battle him, Zola. We used to battle Jamel Kelly. Mm. We used to battle, man. We, 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 we really battled. I mean, we just battled, man. You know, I just we I, we had a lot of fun. We and it all starts in practice, man. You got it. The temple of practice has to be intense. Um, you know, a couple of years back, I went to go see uh, Brad actually at Clemson. And not 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 for nothing. No Gamecocks fan may hate me for saying, but they 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 had they had it together, guys. Mm. Being real with you, mm. uh, the system they had in place was high tempo. You know, coming from a, a NFL standpoint and understanding what it takes to practice, what it takes to 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 be on all cylinders, what it takes to that everybody is 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 they use the saying all in from the janitor to the head. Guys, it takes that. Mm. I'm real with you. It's it's. Yeah. And I'm excited. I'm hopefully that that's that's what Shane Beamer is going to bring uh, to 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 this university. 
for sure. For sure. Well, Arthur, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Like I said, I, I speak for all Gamecocks when I say, uh, you know, I, obviously what you did for the university and just hearing you talk about it, I, I, it's something special, something special for sure. And hopefully one way or another it works out where you're back in Columbia. You were mentioning Deuce Staley too. I was about to say, when's Deuce going to be back, man? I, I know I know Bro. he's on. He's going to be an NFL head coach probably before too long. I mean, that, that dude is right. uh, probably, putting probably, in some serious I mean, probably work. probably saying, you know what, you're right. He's probably saying, man, you know, you and I, and I can only imagine how the NFL is, is – I would love to go there too yeah. at the same time. I'm sure it's a hard, uh, hard jump to right. come back, but – we love our school, man. And I don't yeah. think if, if, if it was up to us, there's no amount of money. If, it, if it's put to us the right way that we wouldn't say yes or help out or do whatever we can uh, to, to support our school, man. Because I can truly say guys that went during that time, uh, man, we really, really love our school, man. Real mm -hmm. For sure. Well, Arturo, like I said, I, I appreciate you taking the time, man. This was a pleasure. And let's, uh, let's definitely do it again soon, my friend, for sure. For sure. Thank you for having me, man. Absolutely. He's Arturo Freeman. I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll catch you next time on an episode of the Spurs Up Show.